0: Hello, everybody. Welcome, once again, to Vineyard Community. Glad you're with us. Uh, we're going to continue on in a series we started a couple weeks ago called Living Invitations. And we're, we're talking about uh, how we can live our lives in such a way that it helps uh, people who don't yet know Jesus to come into the kingdom of God, to be rescued from darkness into light. And, and so... Um, we sort of, the first couple of weeks have set kind of the foundation for that. And this week, in honor of Mother's Day, I'm actually going to be talking about hospitality. And that idea uh, I'm going to use for the next several weeks. Um, but I, I think I have a little different approach to some, some of what I would consider hospitality. Uh, and we'll, we'll sort of get to that at the end of the process today. But I was thinking about this... Um, and uh, and it is Mother's Day, and we we want to celebrate all the, the women, and so like we have gifts for all of you. But I was able to go and visit my mom a week before last. My mom lives in Texas, and uh, I, I've, I I get out there every couple of years. Um, and um, I, I went to visit her, and my mom is um, she uh, she was diagnosed recently with cancer, uh, and it's it's a slow moving cancer they think, but she um, she's decided. Not to have, she's happy and just wants to finish out her days and doesn't want to do anything else. And so I wanted to make sure that I, I got to spend some time with her. And I, I think, you know, she, God willing, she could go on for years yet. Yeah, we don't know, but anyway. Um, but while I was with her, and, and so she's, she's uh, you know, 82 now, and um, she gets tired kind of easy. And, um, but, but still what resonates with my mom when you, whenever you go over there is hospitality. And, and it's like her default so she gets tired and sort of maybe, you know, isn't quite remembering things. She defaults back to being hospitable. So, so I'm, I'm trying to explain. So when you show up at her house, you know, you're, you're well greeted. And then, can I get you something? Would you like some water? Would you like this? Would you like that? Would you like this? And even if you've already said yes to something, she asks you if you want other things as well. And you come in. I want you to sit down. Let's, let's sit down and talk. And you, if you, you sit in the chair. And she goes, well, you should put your feet up. And I'm like, well, I just got here. No, no, go ahead and put. And if you don't put your feet up, she's not going to let you just kind of ch- chill. Even if you're, so, well, uh, uh, you should get your shoes off. And then you get comfortable. And you start. Well, are you? Do you need something? You know, are you thirsty? Do you need something to drink? Are you comfortable? Are you? Do you need a pillow? Is that too many pillows? This was my mom saying. You don't look comfortable. There's too many pillows in that chair. I'm like, really? I'm good. But I'll toss pillows out. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> but, but, you know, her. Her default, when whenever she, if she's tired or whatever, even if she's already asked you and she hasn't remembered that she's asked you, she goes back to hospitality. And that, that's how I remember my mom. She was always like that. She was always making people comfortable. And it was very important to her. And, um, you know, I think that that's a trait that a lot of moms share, that they go out of their way to, to make um, their families comfortable and, um, the, you know, the people that they know comfortable, that it's all part of the, the idea of hospitality, is that idea of, of being um, concerned about other people, and that, that's something that, you know, we celebrate and we honor in this whole process, and so I want to dig into that today in honor of that. Of course, I had to toss in a joke because that's what I do when I go from intro and the transition time, so in honor of Mother's Day, I have this little mother-son joke I thought you might like. So once upon a time in the hills of Tennessee... There was a pie-making contest, and uh, it was a a special contest because mothers and sons competed in teams, and the mothers-son teams were judged on speed, and each team had a bell to ring when they were through. And so the day of the big contest comes, and the judges watching the proceedings, uh, listening intently for the sound of the first bell, and suddenly a bell indeed rings out, and one judge asked, well, who rang? And a voice from the crowd of spectators called out, well, Lem and his ma rang. And ever since then, the pie that they made has been known as Lem and ma rang pie. Thank you very much. <laughs> if I had a microphone right now, I'd drop it. Because that was, that was awesome. <laughs> Scripture reading. You're on purpose, Romans 12, beginning in verse 9. Love from the center of who you are. And I'm reading out of the message paraphrase, I should say that. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master. Cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So I I think that's uh, important for us to get that idea of this whole process of hospitality being sincere. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said that the church is the church only when it exists for others. Not dominating, but helping and serving. It must tell men of every calling what it means to live for Christ, to exist for others. So the church, and remember I said that the church, that's you and me. We're the church um, that that, uh, Bonhoeffer said that we're really only um, who we're supposed to be when we understand that we're here primarily because we now exist for others. Now that we've come into the kingdom, now that we know Jesus as Lord and Savior, Um, and and we're settled in him Um, we exist to help people find their way into relationship with God and and that that happens not by dominating he said but by helping and serving and I like that because to me helping and serving is what hospitality is really all about and it's also where we find life and and when we're moving past ourselves and, and, and really living for others, see, the, f- the benefit of that is we experience life in, in ways that we could have never imagined. And I, I was thinking this last couple of weeks about some things, you know, throughout my life, and uh, I was thinking how God, there's a verse in Ephesians 2.10 that God said prepares, creates us for works that He's prepared in advance for us to do. And that He prepares us throughout our lives... For things that he has planned for us, and um, and things that happened sort of in my childhood and in my younger years, before I was even in relationship with him and before I even really knew about him, um, because I didn't come to Christ till I was 25, and we didn't grow up in a in a in that kind of environment at all. So, um, but he was already moving in my life in things that years later I could look back and see how he had formed in me some ideas that have sort of stayed with me through my life. So let me give you a a quick example. I I was uh, thinking, and and part of it was uh, we drove through South Miami on our way out uh, to go to Texas, and I spent four years of my childhood um, in South Miami, going to school there. So fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh grade, I was in South Miami, and uh, I was in an elementary school in South Miami Heights, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. In seventh grade, um, and that would have been 1971-ish, uh, just giving you a clue of where we 're at, um, I, when I was going to junior high, there was a big switch that year, and culturally, there was a lot of stuff going on and Rather than go to the high school that was right where I had been with everybody in the, the junior high where I would have gone in, in my little town, they actually bussed us to another school. They were trying to sort of change the mix in schools back then, and so I got sent to Richmond Heights Junior high School. Um, uh, Richmond Heights Junior High School was in a very rough area, and I was, uh, I hadn't had my growth spurt yet, so, and I was, I had bright red hair when I was 11, and really white skin, sort of like glow-in-the-dark, I'm trying to describe myself for you, small, glow-in-the-dark redhead, um, and i I was the only one of me in the school that I ended up going to, and it was a frightening experience for me, there was, you know, I'm looking back now. In my seventh grade eyes, I was in a school with fully grown men, and uh, and it was wild, and it was difficult. There was a lot of uh, intimidation that happened there, and uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. We weren't welcome there, and it was a big mess, and a very scary experience. And things happened. Anyway, uh, so after a couple of weeks, they actually I heard on the thing that they were doing volleyball tryouts. And again, and I'm like, you know, I might as well do something. And so I went and tried out for volleyball, and I made the team. And and again, I was the only little, tiny, glow-in-the-dark, white-skinned, red-haired kid on this team, surrounded by a group of giant men, Uh, (laughs) as I saw them. A lot of C7th grade and eighth grade boys that were on this team had full beards. I mean, it was wild, and were huge. And and I'm tiny and scared, but... uh, and I'm thinking back on this because this, something changed for me at this point in time. I could do something that, they, that was a really a neat thing. I don't even know why I could do it, but I had the ability to, when a ball came uh, at me, I could take that ball and pop it right up to where one of these giants could spike it over the net, which was what they lived for. They didn't care about anything else. All they wanted to do was get that ball and hit it as hard as they could against the opposite team, and I could put it right where they wanted, I, like a weird thing I don't know why but it was just one of those things hit boom and so they they figured that out pretty quick that I was handy to have around and so so see I was serving them right I was I was I was helping them do what they wanted to do and all of a sudden I don't know which one of the Giants got the word around but my experience changed at that school I was left alone and not intimidated and the entire atmosphere changed for me and and I, I think, when I think back about that now, I realize that the reason all that happened was, was that, you know, I just was helping these guys do what they wanted to do. And it, it, it helped me back in the process. And I think when the church figures this out, so that we're here to help people and, and to, you know, not just in, in general, but to actually help them in ways that draw them into the kingdom. But when we're living like that, the, the benefits are ours as well because that's what we're designed to live like. And, and so there's a, there's a thing that happens. So, you know, with that in mind, I kind of want to set some groundwork for what I'm talking about. I said last week that uh, the church is ultimately about relationships. And uh, about relationships with God, relationship with the people of God, and relationship with those who don't yet know Jesus. And so I want to spend the next few weeks talking about our relationship with that group. And what that looks like in this process. And I have a parable I want to start with. Most of you will know this parable. It's in Luke 10, 25 through 37. And uh, it's known as the parable of um, the Good Samaritan. Verse 25, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, well, who's my neighbor? And in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So, too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. When I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. And we could spend a lot of time talking about that story because there's a lot going on in there. And Basically, the established religious community ignores this person in need. But a Samaritan who the established religious community did not like whatsoever, they didn't like the Samaritans, stepped up and did what he could to help this person. And, and, you know, even the expert in the law couldn't even say, well, the Samaritan was the one who did it. Well, the guy who showed mercy on him, he couldn't even, that's how much they didn't like these people. But, uh, but Jesus said, that's right, the, the neighbor is the one who needs mercy. That's who our neighbor is, the mercy of God. And he said, go and do likewise. I got to get this out of my head. Sunday school joke. The teacher reads this parable to her kids in the classroom. And... Uh, their kids are all thinking about it and she says to little Susie, she says, Susie, so what do you think you would do if you passed by a man who had been robbed and beaten half to death on the side of the road? And she said, Well, I think I'd throw up. So anyway. <laughs> sorry, I couldn't keep going without popping that out of my brain. So your neighbor is the person that you encounter in your day-to-day life who needs the mercy of God. Your neighbors are the wounded and broken and lost people you're around every day who desperately need the compassion. God, they might live in your neighborhood. They might they might actually, literally, be your neighbors, or they might work with you. Or um, around here, you'll find that they're you know they're the, the servers at restaurants and the cashiers at the grocery stores and the counter people at fast food restaurants. Um, they're they're the drivers who don't yield when they're supposed to or know what lane to be in appropriately. They're they're the people that you encounter throughout each and every day of of your lives who need the mercy that we've been shown by our Heavenly Father. That's who our neighbor is. And, and that's why we need to be living invitations. But there's some things with that. Point number one. Uh, and, and, and this is a, It's the importance of being sincere. The importance of being sincere. I love what we read in Romans 12.9. I'm going to read it out of the NIV this time. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Practice there literally means continually pursue hospitality. And and hospitality, you know, I I said is helping and serving. Uh, Literally the word translated means love of strangers. And, and we're supposed to be, you know, continuously pursuing this love of strangers. And, and, uh, and, and um, caring about them in a way that makes them feel sincerely cared for um, so that uh, ultimately they will see that, that God is real. That's our hope. But our hospitality um, has to be genuine and sincere because if it's phony, it won't be effective. And if if it's agenda driven, it also, people can see right through that. So like if the only reason that you're being kind to someone or caring about them or showing the hospitality is is that you're looking for a response from them and and you don't see that response and you change the way that you care for them, it wasn't real. You know what I mean? So so while we pray for people to respond, at the same time, that's on them and, and it doesn't, so we can treat people kindly who may not initially be treating us that way. And that's what we're supposed to do. It has to be sincere. We're going to love people regardless of how they respond. So that's the sincerity part. Secondly, we're to be hospitable without grumbling. This is, gets a little harder, this part. First Peter 4, 8 and 9. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. That's, that's not quite as easy because um, I think... Many of us do a little grumbling when it comes to this whole area. We might do it quietly. We might do it privately. We might do it just with a close person, but maybe there's some grumbling in there. And, and, um, and I get that. I mean, I, I, used, I already threw in the driving example in there because we're supposed to be hospitable to those people, and I haven't completely mastered that yet. I've gotten better. Sometimes there's a lot of grumbling that goes on with that. And, you know, questioning their, never mind. So, 1 <laughs> Peter 4.10 says, Each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Look at that. I mean, everything that, every gift that we've received is to be used to serve others, administering the grace of God, and that we need to be aware of that. And, and you know, our, our model for that, the the... Ultimate display of sincere and genuine uh, hospitality was Jesus willingly going to the cross and dying for sinners, even though he had never sinned, so that everyone who repents and believes can become a member of the household of God. You talk about—you may not see that act as hospitality, but it was that was the extreme act of hospitality—to go all out so that people could become members of the family of God. And and you know, when we come to Christ, we find our true home in God. We're no longer strangers and aliens. We're the family of God. Which brings me to this, point number three, and and this is what we're going to spend the next few weeks on. The battle line has been drawn. Um, We have to remember that this idea of hospitality that I'm talking about for the church goes on in the midst of a spiritual battle. We have a very real enemy, and we talked about that last week, who's trying to keep people blinded to the truth. That's his goal. And um, he doesn't want them to see the light. And so this spiritual battle is taking place. In Ephesians 6.10-12, through 12, Paul said, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So there's, there's a, an armor that God has for us. And I think a lot of times when we talk about the armor of God, we think that it's just about us and that it's there to protect us. But the reality is that these pieces of armor not only sort of help us stay engaged in a battle, but they remind us of what the battle's all about. And that, see, the, when you know Jesus, you're in. You, that part of the battle's over. The, the battle that's left is, is between us and the enemy trying to keep people blinded to the truth. And his, he's not, it's not God battling him. He's already, God's already defeated him. Um, and made a way for everyone to come into life. Our whole part of this deal is we're engaged in a battle now. And, and that battle is a spiritual one against our enemy to rescue people from darkness and the light. That's, and that's why the church exists. And, and so, you know, there's, there's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And that's it. There's no alternatives. You're, you're either in one or the other. You're in the kingdom of God by choice, or you're in the kingdom of darkness by default. Um, and a lot of people are stuck there and our whole thing is to be aware of that and live in such a way that that's always part of our deal. And so we're, we're going to understand that we engage in this battle not just for ourselves but for our neighbors. And we've already talked about who our neighbors are. Everybody we encounter who needs the mercy of God. And so this is what it looks like for us to be hospitable. Beyond, you know, the meals and all the stuff that we do, that's part of it. But it's, it's this spiritual level uh, and component that I want to talk about over the next few weeks so that we can stand against the schemes of the enemy on behalf of our neighbors. So that they have every opportunity to come to know Jesus, to, to come to find their true home in Him. And so that's what we're going to be talking about in the weeks ahead. But I'm ending it there for today. If you've been watching my video, thank you for doing that. Love for you to come and visit us sometime. If you need prayer, we have a prayer page on our website. You go there.